Hello and a big warm welcome to you to the Aware Parenting and Natural Learning Podcast with Marion Rose and Joss Golden. We are really passionate about practicing aware parenting and natural learning together and would love to offer you information and inspiration to support you if you feel called to practice these in your family too. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name's Marion Rose. And I'm Joss Golden. Welcome to our episode on support and learning, which is so yummy and just so central to everything. <laughs> yeah, it's basically aware parenting in learning, <laughs> how it applies to learning, isn't it, really? It really is, yes. So we are returning again to Aletha's Principles of Learning, and we've come on to the last one for today. And it may be a few episodes that we end up talking about this because there's lots and lots of information in here. But principle number 11 that you can find on her website, awareparenting.com, is that children learn best when they have a warm, supportive relationship with their parents and teachers. The learning process is enhanced when parents and teachers show acceptance and love while giving children good quality attention, use encouragement rather than praise, rewards or criticism, have age-appropriate expectations, neither too high nor too low, use a non-punitive approach to discipline, encourage children to ask questions and be independent thinkers and accept children's painful emotions and allow them to cry. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Which is basically that summarizes really what aware parenting is all about, isn't it? It really is. Yes. So it's basically saying if, if we want to support our children to really learn it, Remember when Letha had the book Helping Young Children Flourish and it got replaced by Cooperative and Connected? But I really love that title, actually, because that's, to me, it's like aware parenting really supports children to flourish, isn't it? It really supports them to actually be who they really are and actually, I don't even know if I like the word potential, but just, yeah, I'm trying to find another word to say it. But flourish is such a lovely description, isn't it? So that if we're really wanting children to, to flourish... <laughs> Yeah. Well, aware parenting really has all the elements in it that really support that to happen. Yes, and it's really interesting how this description basically summarises what our children really need to be receiving from us and how striking it is when I read that list that the vast majority of schools don't meet any of those needs for children and don't have an awareness that those those needs are actually important for children either. So, you know, on the one hand, it seems so clear and so obvious that that is what our children need. And on the other hand, most of our schools don't recognise that at all or value it. Yes. Or, you know, some may have one or two so they might be encouraging children to ask questions and possibly be independent thinkers or they might not use punishments and rewards but for for it's very rare isn't it for a school environment to actually include all of these things mm. because actually again inherently to be with a large number of children with one or two adults like for example even just accepting children's painful emotions and allowing them to cry if you've got five-year-olds if you've got 35 year olds and one adult there's no way that they're going to be able to listen to their feelings I mean if you listen to all their feelings that would be all we did all day there would be nothing else that would happen and it's actually not possible Mm. so some of some of the things are really systemic aren't they that actually aren't possible within that structure to 
to actually do that thing in particular, for example. I mean, there might be other things that could be gradually brought in, but that one, you can't really do that, can you, in, a, in that no. system of, of one or two adults and 30 children or even 15 children or even 10 children or even eight children. <laughs> I mean, I would argue that I don't think you can really do any of these in a school environment, <laughs> actually. I mean, you know, I know that there are some schools that really do support children beautifully. And I know, you know, Lale's Beautiful School, for example, and there are lots of other schools that really are trying to support children in the best way that they can. But really what we're talking about for, for most children in, in that public school system certainly in Australia and in most other countries too, I would say, is that, first of all, teachers are too stressed to be able to provide a warm and supportive relationship with their students. And most children are too stressed too to behave in a way that encourages the teachers to treat them with warmth and affection. So it's it's incredibly difficult to, to be able to meet any of these in, in most schools. Yes, exactly. And you know, I, I've often had this dream that um, one day there are like learning pods, all cultures have learning pods and it's just part of life. And that any point in time that anybody, whether they're five or 15 or 97 or 32, if they're suddenly wanting to learn about like, oh gosh, I'm really interested now in gardening. And I really like to learn about gardening, that they, there would be a place that they could go where they could learn about gardening. There would be people there who are really experienced, who would support them both in really hands-on ways, but also the information, you know, there'd be this community and it would be with like all kinds of learning that anybody wanted to do. There would be places that people could go and that we were free to come and go at any point in time. There was no coercion and it was just, you know, there was just the support. So yes, we could spend a lot of time with our family as well, but also like whatever we were interested in, there would be exactly this warm, supportive relationships with parents, but also other people who are passionate about things as well. And I just think that would be so wonderful to, to live in that kind of a culture where like, you know, we we got to follow our callings and do what we're interested in and do that in relationships that were all of these beautiful things. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be so amazing. It sounds really beautiful. It sounds really beautiful. And it would that would really support teachers working in an environment like that to to have meaningful relationships with the whoever it was who was learning and yes. and support that the relationships between the people who are learning as well it's just yeah that would be amazing would be. and there would be nothing there would be no tests there would be like nothing of any of that stuff it basically like you want to learn something or you know and somehow uh, financially or whatever it was with money it is I know it's very utopian but that's my, that's my dream that we create these kind of cultures where we can freely learn and and that might be particularly in the our younger years most of that probably will be in our family but as we get older that there will be places and at any age that we could go a whole family might be fascinated in like with dogs for example our family and everyone could go and hang out with other people who love dogs and learn about all the things like it'd be really fun wouldn't it <laughs> it would it would be really nice and I know that when we've had like learning groups and stuff as part of our natural learning journey yes. uh, all of the mothers who were part of those groups learned so much during those 
those sessions that we used to have together it was really lovely so whether you were the one who was like putting together some kind of presentation or whether you were listening to the children talking about the things that they had decided to explore in relation to those topics we we learned so much too and it is this this lifelong ongoing process and I loved the fact that we were children and children of all ages and adults of of lots of ages all learning together Yes. So there is this idea that, you know, in school you have to age segregate children because then they learn with their peers best in that environment. But actually, I really see the advantage of of having parents, teachers, children of all ages, all, all together, learning together. Exactly. It's so yummy, isn't it? And I even think about like going on outings. We used to love going to there's a wildlife park fairly near us and we used to go to that a lot and just like hanging out together and spending many hours with animals. Like we you know, family who love animals. And it's so wonderful just to to learn together and do things together and just like it's so different, isn't it, from what this culture thinks of as learning. It's so much about the the joy and the enjoyment and what do you want to learn and let's do it together. And then all these other things, as we were saying before, they really just come naturally because that's like how we are with each other. We just treat children. We, you know, give them acceptance and love and use encouragement and not expecting really anything of them. We're just like supporting them in what they love and and just they're kind of obvious things, aren't they? The more we live like this, they're just like the way that then it's not even something you need to do it's just the way you live yeah absolutely and it must be quite difficult for children who are being raised in families where there isn't a aware parenting approach in the family so there is this sense of acceptance and love and there is this sort of absence of punishments or rewards and there is this listening to feelings and so on and it must be quite confusing to go into a school environment, which is exactly the opposite of all of that, which is actually causing stress and, and trauma and is 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 punitive, usually, and where there are all kinds of rules, rewards and praises and, and systems in place to do all that. So I'm sure there's lots of conversations going on in, in aware parenting homes when children come home from school about these these aspects. But I'm imagining all those children who go into these environments and then they go home to environments where aware parenting isn't practiced either. And so how how little of this that they're getting in terms of these these things that Aletha sets out as being so crucial for learning and how much of the opposite that they're receiving, it really breaks my heart. My heart goes out to those children. Yes, mine too. All of these things are really enjoyable for us to offer. I mean, they may be hard at times because we didn't receive it and we don't live in a culture that supports it. We have our, all our own unexpressed feelings and unhealed trauma. And we have, like, we live in a culture that's often, you know, things about actually earning money and families and da 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 da. However, the more we actually live this, it's actually really enjoyable, isn't it? To show acceptance and love while children giving children good quality attention. It's really enjoyable to encourage them, not not reward and punish. All of these things are actually lovely things to do as a parent as well, aren't they? It's like, to me, it's like it really changes that whole idea of parenting as being this kind of thing that you do. To do. I don't even really like the word parenting, actually. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it's having relationships with other humans that, that are smaller than us that we you know that we're taking care of but it's it's very different isn't it it's a completely different whole kind of context mm, mm. and when we deeply understand this and that this is what our children need in order to thrive and to flourish as you said so beautifully 
what I love about it as well is is what it teaches us about what we can offer ourselves too, because of course, all of these things apply to us as well. And so as we're learning to show acceptance and love and giving our children good quality attention, we learn to offer ourselves acceptance and love and give ourselves good quality attention. And similarly, you know, as we learn not to praise or reward or criticize our children or punish them for for getting things wrong or behaving in ways that aren't aligned with how we really want things to be we also learn to offer that same acceptance and that same sense of not criticizing ourselves not punishing ourselves and in fact yeah we can't really not be punishing our children if we are punishing ourselves so yeah, I love the, that not only offering these things to our children is so helpful. I love the, the compassion that it learns learns us, that it teaches us to, to offer to ourselves. It is beautiful, isn't it? And if I go through that list as well, I just I see how all of those things now, that's my internal relationship with myself is all of those things, which it, it wasn't. <laughs> none. Of, it was none of those things originally. Like even that, I think about, I don't know, it wouldn't be age appropriate, but, you know, expectations like, you know, I really trust my timing and I don't judge myself and I'm able to do something and, you know, all of those things. It's so wonderful that we really... I mean, so much more enjoyable to experience it when we're children so that we don't need to redo it all, but it is also really possible to to reparent ourselves in these ways. Mm. Yes, it's very, very significant. And I think that particularly those things around praise and rewards and criticisms and punishments, because, I mean, we most of us parents received so much of that as children. I mean, I just, my my schooling experience and my, my childhood was full of that. And I really learned at a young age to, to criticize and to judge myself, to always be asking whether I'd done a good enough job at, at the things that I was doing. Often had lots of blame and, and criticism and really harsh judgments of myself. And yet it took a long time to unlearn that. It took a long time to be really free of that immediate response to go into judgment or praise or criticism of myself. And it's really just through offering it to my children that I've gradually learned to offer it to myself. But of course, the more that our children are outside of that and aren't receiving these things, the more they're not going to have to unlearn these things. They're just, that's just going to be, that is just how they, how they speak to themselves, how they value themselves. So they won't have to do all this unlearning. Which has a huge impact, effect rather, on their learning process. They're constantly, because we're constantly learning throughout life, that they are, and we've talked about this quite often, haven't we, observing our own children. Which is a different word to children, isn't it? It's like, off, off, my dad used to talk offspring, and I was like, I don't <laughs> like that word. But there isn't a generic word for adult children or you know, teenage children. Anyway, so I'm so sorry I completely got off distracted myself <laughs> going up there what are we talking about we're talking about their internal dialogue <laughs> yes but then they go on to continue to learn with like that beautiful supportive inner dialogue which is, makes all the difference in the world doesn't it i i remember all those years from like if i think about 18 to maybe 36 or something of like all that harshness and all that judgment and all that, you know, you should be doing it this way or you get internally. It's horrible. Mm. Gets in the way, really gets in the way. 
it really does yeah and I think I love how Elisa just clearly explains all this and I mean for years I thought that I was there was something wrong with me because I didn't do very well at school and I didn't learn well in that environment and now increasingly as a result of all the work that we've been doing on on all of this stuff and my deepening in my understanding of this I really love the fact that I now realize that the reason why I didn't learn wasn't because there's anything wrong with me it was because the environment that I was in was not meeting my needs it wasn't meeting any of my needs in terms of real good quality learning and so yes I love that I love that sense that she she just makes it so clear that this is what we need in order to thrive in our learning and so yes if we're not receiving this then of course we're not learning in a way that is very effective at all and it's not because of us it's because of the environment that we're in exactly and again if we think about the position the world's in right now isn't it don't we really really need to support children to flourish to actually to learn to really mm, i don't even think of the words again but just to to really maximize their their innate interests and callings and things that they're they're, you know that they're more competent at and they're more called to we really need that don't we because and then we offer them environments where they can they can really thrive in and then they're going to be most likely to be able to contribute these unique gifts that they have I think we it's so essential so actually providing environments that really support that it's it's like it's not just an individual thing isn't it it's about a whole culture and a whole world that that is supported by these beautiful loving learning environments mm. yes yeah and that you know they, these things are all interrelated as well because you can't be supporting children to to ask questions and to be independent thinkers if it's also a punitive environment that they're in it's it's not possible to to do that really so even where schools claim to be trying to encourage their children to learn and to question and things the fact that they're in an environment where there are all kinds of rules and all kinds of punishments if you break those rules means that children are not actually going to feel free or safe to be asking questions or to be thinking independently outside of that box or to be having a different opinion to the opinion of the teacher or all of those things. So that's actually just not possible. Exactly. And they're all essential, aren't they? All the other points are essential to actually really facilitating a a beautiful environment for children to feel comfortable to cry and express their feelings to us. We're doing any, we're not doing the other stuff. Any of those other stuff is going to make it really hard for them to have that that emotional safety to express their feelings if mm. we're punishing them. Like, again, that's why, you know, we're parenting, that's so central, isn't it? The non-punitive discipline and all of those things, because they're all they're all part of part and parcel of the same thing. Yes, and I don't know how you find it, but I often find that parents find it much easier to understand the concept of not having punishments in the family than they do to understand the concept of not having rewards in the family. And that sense is a real sense in our culture that rewards and praise are motivating for for our children. And so there are so many people and so many schools that have these systems in place to that that they think are are supportive and encouraging and and promoting learning for for their children but of course i love how alfie cohen speaks about this and how you know when you are taking away that intrinsic motivation that children naturally have by putting in these external motivators for learning like praises and and rewards and so on then 
children not only lose their desire to do these things, but they also their performance on these tasks is actually worse as a result. And so that that's a big unlearning and a big sort of myth that needs to be debunked in our culture, isn't it? It is. It's it's one of the biggest ones, isn't it? I totally agree with you. I think it is one of the hardest ones for many people to let go of. And still even that, you know, good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think for so many people it's it's so conditioned, like it takes time, doesn't it, to that people I know parents will often say, I still notice my saying myself saying good girl, something like that. I know I didn't because I was so passionate about never saying it, but um, there are other things I, that popped out of my mouth I didn't want to say, but that certainly wasn't one of them. But um, yeah, it's hard, isn't it, to free ourselves up from all these ways that we were conditioned, all these things that we experience or didn't experience, as the case may be, in terms of you know not, not getting that beautiful, loving, present attention, particularly whilst we were learning things. Can you imagine? That'd be amazing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do, I do want to say that there are there are lots of teachers who who are warm and supportive and and really kind to children. And I know when Sol yes. was Hindi, there was both of the teachers who he was in in regular contact with were really gorgeous, gorgeous humans who who you know wanted to show warmth and and support and, and encouragement and and guidance that was really loving and kind and I know that there are so many teachers who who really try to do that so it's not about really the individual teacher level it's the systemic thing isn't it it's about yes. the the systems that our education is is happening in that's where the problems lie I think exactly yes and the whole system is really set up to make all of these things actually really hard for teachers so teachers going in as you say so many so beautifully and doing so much and working so hard but actually if they've got all these quote i don't even know what they're called nowadays quotas or i don't know whatever they are that they have to do and you know then the school has the things that they have to do and well then that's going to trickle down into have tos for the for the children whereas the whole system needs to be changed doesn't it completely yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I like the thing about age-appropriate expectations too, because I mean, yes. ha- e- that that is for each individual child, isn't it? So we're not. She's not talking about that all seven-year-olds should be doing this. She's saying that you know, each child has its own unique age-appropriate processes that it's going to be going through, and so. Again, how do you do that in an environment where you're in a classroom with 30 children? How do you observe your each child individually to see exactly what stage they're at with different aspects of their learning and what we what would what are reasonable expectations of that child? In fact, we, the schooling system moves so far away from that because it has these standardized tests that children all have to do at certain ages. So it's not about recognizing the unique stage that each child is at. It's about comparing each child at that stage to all other children at that stage. And it's so undermining and so so damaging for children to be to be seen in those ways. In fact, it's amazing that any of us learned anything at all in <laughs> traditional schools. Is it? I mean, didn't we do amazingly to learn anything? I, mean, I I still do remember some of the things that I learned. Not a lot of it, but I mean, we're again. I think it speaks to how incredible human beings are. But it's not most wonderful to actually think about supporting children to really learn in a way that supports them to flourish. Mm. Isn't that wonderful? 
these amazing beings that we we hear and we get to support. Isn't it wonderful that we get to support them to really to learn to to the their full potential? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, well, I suppose as well, it's interesting what you're saying that some of us, yeah, you know, it's amazing that we learned anything, and it is amazing that we learned anything. But it's also to look at the impact of having to have done all of our learning in these environments that are so unsupportive for our learning because and the impacts ongoing in our lives. And I I can see so many times in my life where I have, as a result of having been brought up in these schooling environments, where that I've had so many really significant struggles in terms of my capacity to learn um, how I how I think of myself, how I talk to myself, how I judge my performance on things, comparing myself to other people. And again, n- not having any regard for, for what is an appropriate expectation of myself for the particular stage and what I'm going through right now in my life and all those other things. So these, these impacts last forever. Yeah. I notice that so often my my son and my daughter will be talking about something and they'll they'll kind of go, but you know, what, don't you get that? Or like, and I just and I I do quite often still say, yeah, it's because mm-hmm. it, it, I really see it's because I went to school. Like either I just it's really hard for me to think in these like out of the box ways, even though I love thinking. <laughs> but you know, just like I see how my structure of thought has been affected by being in that environment for so long in ways that I really see there they're completely free from yeah yes so much deep deep conditioning that is really hard to undo and yeah that they are totally free from totally free from that as much as possible and then I imagine like you know their children and and what that will be like and I think again it's so crucial that both aspects of the natural learning and the aware parenting that complement each other so beautifully and that again if our children are just being just doing natural learning but aren't having that aware parenting aspect where you know they're listening to feelings or it's a non-punitive environment or you know those sorts of things it's just such a beautiful combination when our children are receiving both of these things at once it is isn't it Mm. so beautiful I actually almost find it hard to to say much about this because it's just like, this is how it is and this is how it's designed to be. And like, that's just (laughs) like. Yes, absolutely. And if you think about the three aspects of aware parenting, which is really what she's talking about here, but the first aspect about close attuned connection and attachment with family and that is so nourished by having them at home. That is what really, really develops that incredible closeness. And, and there's something about the quality of the relationship that when you have been in that really trusting, trusting them and allowing them to learn and supporting them to learn and observing them to learn, the, the quality of the connection and the relationship that you have as a result is just, just divine. And then again, yeah, that second aspect about not having punishments and rewards, looking for underlying needs, having these sort of democratic and fair and um, clear processes in your family when when there's conflict or, or challenges to, to navigate. It's just so lovely for our children. Of course they thrive. Of course they flourish in that environment where you know they're free from that 
that punishment. And because, like I said, even if you're being aware parented at home, when you're in this environment day out and day in, day out for hours at a time where you are on the receiving ends of punishment and shame and harshness and judgment and criticism and humiliation and all those other things, of course, it hugely impacts you. It's it's scary. It's really hard. And then, you know, this aspect about the amazing healing power of of laughter and raging and and crying and how when they're at home, we aren't putting them in situations rather where they are being exposed to lots of stress. And we are also able to respond right there, right then when we see that they've got feelings anytime and listen and allow them to offload it. So their bodies, I mean, I've just got this real sense that my children's bodies are really balanced and free of so much of that tension because they're just not put in an environment where they're scared or where they are worried that they're going to be humiliated or where they are having to suppress their needs or suppress their feelings or any of those things. Yes, it's just, it's just, I think that's why I love the word natural learning and like all of this is something about really coming back to these innate and the innate wisdom of the body and that actually that that relaxation that comes when on that really basic level needs are met that our bodies are trusted in all the ways that our bodies uh, manifest and that we're supported in those natural physiological processes of of healing from any stress syndrome that happens there's something so settling isn't there in the in the body and the nervous system in, in that just like keeping coming back to those really simple basic things which really does include not exactly as you said not not putting them in uh, stressful environments every single day for however many years 13 years of however long years mm. yes. it's already enough isn't there I mean still I don't know about you but my children still had quite a few feelings quite a lot of feelings especially in their younger years like I can't even imagine to be able to listen to all their feelings from actually also going to school every day as well I don't I think that would have been really hard yeah I think it would have been really really hard as well yeah and and all of the extra feelings that get added so I mean I when my son was at kindy I had this it was so obvious to me when we finally made the decision to bring him out of school because it was great when he came home and we could listen to feelings, we listened to feelings uh, and that was fine. But he still went back into that environment you know, two days later and got a whole load more feelings. And you know, often, especially because I was at school all day that he was at school, so I was there with him for the whole day. It meant that often I got home at the end of the day and I, I, I didn't have the spaciousness to be able to listen to his feelings, actually, because, you know, sometimes still had to you do all the jobs that you have to do and and because I was at school all day I d- hadn't like done the washing up or cooked dinner or taken the dog for a walk or you know all those other things that were requiring my attention so I didn't have the capacity or the spaciousness and because I was in that environment and in that school environment and it was clearly like reminding me of lots of my school trauma and my school hurts uh, I often didn't have the spaciousness to be able to listen to his so it, it's very difficult and I know that lots of parents have, have to go to work and, and have to put their children in school because of the circumstances, the financial circumstances or all kinds of other circumstances that might be making that happen. So, of course, it is possible to do this. I think what we're just trying to say is that this environment, when we are able to have them at home, is incredibly supportive for us to be practicing aware parenting and supporting their learning in a way that is 
most effective for them to learn. Exactly. And I think really normalizing then if, if parents are in a situation where they, it really doesn't seem like there really isn't any choice but to put your child in school and you maybe not wanting that to happen, to really normalize that if you're finding aware parenting hard, then of course you are because you're having that a big long separation every day from them they've got quite a lot of generally it's really normal that there's quite a lot of stress and trauma that they so they're going to have a lot of feelings and they're as exactly saying they're navigating being in the school environment where there are even if it's a more gentle school there are rewards and there are you know expectations and they do are told that they have to stay sitting down or whatever till you know they are told what they have to do you know all of these things are going to make aware parenting harder so again, to normalize that, of course, it's hard. And this is, and yes, it has its own challenges, of course, not sending our children to school and what that also, you know, all the ways that helps us connect with feelings, but it's going to actually help where parenting be a lot easier. Mm, yes, I think that too. I really or think. Or rather that. practicing, sorry, practicing yeah. where parenting a lot easier. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And there are times when it is really hard to be, the one who has responsibility for everything and to have your children home all the time and, and to not be getting that space to to work or to have time off or any of those things. But yes, it's definitely makes the actual aware parenting parts part so much easier because there's so many less feelings there, really. And and there isn't this separation. So there is this this strengthening of your relationship. Yes. Plus all the other things that adds in, like if there are it's more than one child in school often creates more separation and more antagonism and all of the things mm. Mm. and I wonder if you I wonder if you're called to say anything as well Marion about the DDC because it's just so deeply entrenched in our society isn't it that school is the best place for our children to be going to learn in fact they have to go to school in order to learn and that that is the best place for them and that teachers are the best people to be supporting their learning and yet really when Elisa's talking about things about like getting, uh, encouraging children to ask questions and be independent thinkers, it's it's incredibly difficult. Uh, it's a very effective system for encouraging our children not to be asking questions or being independent thinkers, isn't it? It's a really powerful tool of the DDC. Mm, I loved how you expressed all of that. And we were talking a bit before we pressed record, weren't we, about this, how I know it's a bit of a judgment, but the DDC is very clever. It really works. It does what it's designed to do, which which basically means by the time we're adults and we have children, we we have got conditioned in all these ways. We have got traumatized in all these ways that even if we're on the aware parenting journey, it can be really hard to see clearly actually what's happening and that actually schools are not set up to support children to learn in the most helpful ways for them and for their unique journey that's actually not what schools are set up for and the, the ddc has this kind of magical trick doesn't it it's like da, 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 da. yes that's your child's gonna learn best there that's not that's not what they're set up for and they never were set up for that process they're actually as we know we talked about earlier on set up to provide people who were willing to do what they're told and to work in factories and to sit down and shut up and not ask questions and yes there may be teachers and individual schools who are doing something different but actually the whole system itself was never designed for anything but exactly what it's doing it's working really well for for what it's set up to do yes and i think some, sometimes really seeing that can help too we're we're 
I would say deliberately being um, hoodwinked into believing these things like, yeah, mm. parents aren't enough and that children do need to be separated at a young age and all of this stuff, which is, I'm going to say it's codswallop. Yes. yes. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> Not true. Yes. I know. I, I had a session the other day with a with a parent and she was saying to me that she wants she's wanting to put her two-year-old into daycare and I was asking her, her why why she was wanting to do that and she was saying well yeah, I really feel like she needs the stimulation and the learning and the socializing and all that kind of thing and I just see how that is that is the message that's being sent to to parents that school is the best place or daycare is the best place and that yeah by the age of two our children need to be socializing and they need to be having structured learning activities and and all that kind of thing and and really you know if we think about what our children are actually learning by being in those environments so young it is it is about you know disconnection not valuing their needs not listening to their feelings disconnecting from their families and from themselves you know, comparing themselves to others, that people have power over them and that you have to do as you're told. You know, all of these lessons are what they're really learning in that environment. And how many of us want our children to be learning those lessons, really? Mm. And again, like people within, you know, so many people like doing beautiful things in daycares and so on. So again, we're really wanting to say this is a, a systemic issue that we're talking about here and that that all of us, we're, we're doing what we can within this system and the more we understand actually what's really going on the more we can actually make our own free choices not not from a conditioned place or from a place of unhealed trauma but actually what is really true for us what do we really want how do we want our family life to look like what do we want our children to experience what are we unwilling for them to experience like to really reclaim our power as parents and to understand how literally how powerful we are I love that I love that and that's a difficult thing to do when most of us were schooled isn't it it's really difficult to actually connect in with that sense that we are we are the ones who get to choose how things are in our families we are the ones who get to choose what our children do and don't do in terms of going to school obeying the rules doing the homeworks all of those kind of things we always have choice and we can always support our children to, to really understand that whatever environment they're in but it's that requires a lot of unlearning on our part yeah huge amount of unlearning mm. that might be quite a yummy place to finish unless you feel yes. called to share something no yes. that's i think we've said it all really <laughs> and i love this one in a way isn't it like as you said i think this number 11 it's almost like it brings together everything else because it is really basically where parenting really does support children's learning process and it's kind of almost like a an end bookmark to this process we've been going on and going through Aletha's um, principles of learning or aware parenting principles of learning mm. yes beautiful I'm so grateful to Aletha for for writing well for all of her amazing work and her wisdom and her writing and I just I really want to acknowledge the fact that she she's so ahead of her time to know this, to understand this, and to be able to verbalize this in, in such a clear way. So many people who are in education and, and writing policies and, and uh, doing research in education don't have this kind of understanding. So I really am so grateful. I really want to acknowledge her in this. Mm. 
Me too. And we really recommend or invite you if you haven't had a look at her principles of learning on her website. And as well, I love how she puts in the bottom of that page that if you're wanting to support your child or children learn and heal from painful emotions that can interfere with the learning process, the particular books of hers that are really relevant are, are cooperative and connected, as we talked about earlier, tears and tantrums and attachment play. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And I've, I've read all of those many times. So, yes, I highly recommend them as well. Such a big yes. Anything uh, else you want to share, Joss, before we finish? No, I think, I think I've said everything I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. It'll be very interesting what we, what we start sharing about next as we really finish this whole process of going through the points, although I imagine we could go through and record another 11 episodes or however <laughs> many and say completely different things next time. Yes. But, um, we may not do that. We'll probably do something else. <laughs> yeah. And thanks so much to people who've sent us messages to say that they're listen- listening and enjoying listening. And if there's something that you would like us to talk about, then please let us know because we would love love to respond to that as well. Mm, yes, we would love that. And thank you so much and so much love to you. We have really enjoyed talking to you today and we hope that you enjoyed the episode too. We are sending you love however you feel after hearing this information. To find out more about Marion's work, you can go to marionrose.net and for Joss's website, it is awareparenting.com.au. We wish you much love and connection on your aware parenting and natural learning adventures. Mm-hmm.